Hello, Degrassi fans, and welcome to the final episode in season two of the Degrassi Kid podcast. What better way to end this series than by telling you the story of how my dreams came true? Linda Schuyler, the co-creator of Degrassi and my personal hero, wrote a memoir about her life and what it was like to make our favorite TV show. The Mother of All Degrassi comes out November 15th, and you can pre-order it today, knowing that all of the author proceeds go directly towards the kids' help phone. Something that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> Though, surprisingly, I did learn a lot from this book. Not just your standard Degrassi facts or what it was like to work with Drake, but real moments in Linda's life that shaped who she is as a person. Detailing every moment where someone told her, you can't do this, and every single time that she said, just watch me. Some of my favorite moments are when Linda talks about what it was like to be a woman in film, chasing her dreams at a time when you needed your husband's signature to manage your own finances, or how proud she is of the stories she was able to tell over all those years on Degrassi, recognizing that the more pushback she faced, the more those stories had to be told. Like when networks tried to remove Manny's abortion episode for being too mature, or when religious groups tried to protest because Degrassi depicted an interracial relationship between teenagers or they even kissed, or all the times Degrassi was reminded that it's damaging to family values, because queer kids like Adam, Marco, Riley, or Tristan were put at the center of their own coming out stories, telling the world that it's okay to be gay. Because of these moments, Degrassi is the reason I got to see my story play out on TV, when Fiona Coyne iconically says, I'm in love with her and she's a girl. A moment that made me feel seen, heard, and recognized as a little gay kid growing up on the east coast of PEI. A place where nobody tells you it's not okay to be gay, but nobody ever told me that it was. Because of this, Linda Schuyler understands that real and honest storytelling has the power to change lives. So this is the story of how she changed mine. And it's only going to happen here on the season finale of the Degrassi Kid Podcast. It all started with a phone call. Hello? Hi, this is Linda Schuyler's personal assistant, and she has a favor to ask you. That's Melinda Downey. She works directly with Linda Schuyler and Stephen Stone, a husband and wife duo who just so happen to be the executive producers of Degrassi. And just to make things a little more intimidating, Melinda actually started as the assistant art director in season three of The Next Generation, helping to build iconic sets like the Dot Cafe and Grill, and working on some of the most recognizable episodes, like Rock and Roll High School, where Ashley and Craig fight it out in a battle of the bands. And she's on the phone, right now, talking to me. Now, I wish I could tell you all the details of this phone call. It's not that it's confidential or anything, it's that I am pretty sure I blacked out the minute she introduced herself. Just imagine a lot of screaming, crying, swearing, and oh my gods. But... If you made me guess, I would have to assume it went a little something like this. Jocelyn, the legendary Degrassi kid, we need you. Linda Schuyler, the co-creator of Degrassi and your personal hero, has written a book. And she needs your help making sure Degrassi fans know all about it. What do you say we fly you out to Toronto, take you to 10 iconic Degrassi locations, and have you film a web series where you interview Linda Schuyler about what it was like to make your favorite TV show? Oh, my god holy yes 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 oh my god yes are you kidding me of course i had to do this i would be a fool to say no what now of course there is the question of well 
why did they call you? Like, yeah, you're a big Degrassi fan, but this just doesn't happen to people, Jocelyn. What is going on? And I'm actually going to let our future guests tell you that story of what it was like behind the scenes when Linda was making her book and planning this web series. Partially because I wasn't actually there yet, but mostly because I want to ask people from Degrassi, why do you love me so much? (laughs) But for now, my dreams came true. And up until this very moment, I couldn't tell anyone about it. So here's my super secret story on what it was like to fly to Toronto and work with Linda Schuyler, my personal hero and the co-creator of Degrassi. But first, before I spill my Degrassi secrets, I want to give you updates on the future of the Degrassi Kid podcast. As we know, this is the final episode of season two, but you don't have to worry because season three is right around the corner. I've lined up some very special guests to come and join us, and you'll be able to help me interview them over on patreon.com slash Degrassi Kid. While you're over there, check out the details for Degrassi Trivia Night, hosted by me, and sign up for our monthly mail-out tier. Each month, I send you a personalized Degrassi package as a thank you for supporting the Degrassi Kid podcast. This month, we're partnering with Gloria Ho, a watercolor artist based in Edmonton who just so happens to be a huge Degrassi fan. Gloria makes portraits of our favorite Degrassi classic characters like Joey, Spike, Yick, Lucy, Mr. Radich, and you can get your own Degrassi portrait over on patreon.com slash DegrassiKid. This will be available for anyone who signs up between now and October 30th with a new package coming out on November 1st. But for now, let's go back to the story of how Linda Schuyler changed my life. After a few weeks of Zoom calls and planning my trip, I finally ended up on a plane, all ready to go with my laptop, a few pairs of clothes, and a carry-on suitcase filled with Degrassi stuff. (laughs) I knew that there would be a moment where I would get to sit down with Linda Schuyler and ask her to sign some of my favorite things from my collection. But for now, I eagerly look out my window and watch as the CN Tower gets bigger and bigger, finally landing in Toronto and getting picked up by Melinda Downey. Melinda is about to take me to the real Degrassi Street, because before we start filming the web series, we have to visit each location and answer some questions. What does the space look like today? Where is the sun shining? How loud is it? Are we even allowed to film here? (laughs) We had to figure all this out a day in advance, so when we came back to film tomorrow, we could just start right away and not have to waste time figuring it all out. So that means I actually got to do this tour twice, by the way, just saying. But while we were there, we met up with J.D. Shibble. He was our cameraman for the shoot, and it turns out he and I actually have a pretty lengthy history together. Back in the day when Degrassi was actually on the air, you could write into the show and request an autograph from your favorite character. And of course, I used to write in all the time, trying to get as many as I could. And each time I would get a letter back from Degrassi's office assistant named J.D., thanking me for my kind words and sending me those autographs I requested. So thank you, JD. I still proudly display all of them in my Degrassi collection. And now I think of you every time. So at the end of the day, JD, Melinda, and I finished visiting our 10 iconic Degrassi locations and headed over to Toronto's Yacht Club, where we would be going to meet up for dinner with Linda Schuyler, Stephen Stone, Ian Christensen, and Annie Clark. To say I was nervous would be an understatement. (laughs) For context, Ian Christensen is Degrassi's former and current publicist. Anytime you've seen me or a Degrassi fan have a crazy experience like being an extra on the show, touring the set, or meeting our favorite Degrassi stars like Annie Clark, it was probably Ian that made that happen. He is incredible. And of course, Annie Clark needs no introduction. This might as well be the Annie Clark podcast after all. (laughs) So when I go into the Yacht Club, we all said our hellos and I tried to keep it as cool as I could, but I probably let a couple screams out. Um, But when we went to go sit down, Linda Schuyler pulled out the head seat of the table and said, 
we saved this for you. Oh my gosh, this whole experience is going to make me cry. I cannot believe that this happened. The dinner was amazing. I got to sit right beside Linda and ask her any question I wanted. I got to hear Stephen Stone talk about memories from the show. And he signed a copy of my book, Whatever It Takes, which, as you know, has shaped several episodes of this podcast. And I also got to see what it was like for Annie Clark to be recognized as Fiona Coyne. That was so cool. First of all, I felt so grateful that I was on this side of the experience. 10 years ago, I got to spend a few minutes with her and grab a photo. And it was literally the highlight of my life. And now here I am on the other side. It was so surreal to get to watch that happen to someone else. I was so happy for that girl. Oh, my gosh. It was also so interesting to see what happens when the fan walks away. I was like, do they just go back to what they're doing? Do they talk about you? Um, And I learned that everybody just gushes about how cute you are. So I loved learning that. And Annie shared some embarrassing moments of times that she thought she was being recognized where someone would go, excuse me. And she'd be like, Degrassi. And they'd be like, lady, you have toilet paper on your shoe. (laughs) Overall, this dinner was like such a good icebreaker for me to see that all these people that I've idolized for years are just normal, regular human beings. Like there's always that worry of like, you know, they say don't meet your idols or whatever, right? Well, with full confidence, I can tell you that every person I met was even nicer than I expected them to be. And that is saying something because I went in with a lot of high hopes. Like Annie Clark is a pretty high pedestal to live up to. And I can tell you, I love her for exactly who she is. I couldn't ask for a better person to be my how do you even begin to describe our relationship? I couldn't ask for a better person to be my Annie. So dinner wraps up and we're all headed out and Linda tells us the plan for tomorrow, which is we're all going to meet up at Degrassi Street. We'll film our first episodes and then we'll head back to her place for our Chinese food dinner. Linda Schuyler invited me to her house on purpose, intentionally, like I was allowed to be there. So I said, Linda, just so you know, I promise I won't steal anything. And she said, I don't know, because there's a lot of stuff you're really going to like in there. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy. This experience was amazing. But for now, the day is over. We parted ways and I went back to my hotel room. I fully sank into the realization that I just met Linda Schuyler. Oh my gosh, Linda! Here we are oh on Degrassi God. Street. I can't believe Linda Skyler is going to take me on a tour of the history of Degrassi. Mom, I'm a movie star. Here I am on Degrassi Street, all mic'd up, ready to film my first shot where I meet Linda Skyler, the co-creator of Degrassi. In the web series, you'll see Linda steps off a streetcar and runs up to me, excited to go through the history of the show together. However, in real life, Linda stepped off the streetcar, excited to see me, and was inches away from being taken out by a cyclist who just sped on by. <laughs> After making sure she was okay, we reset the shot, put her back on the streetcar, and started all over. But after that, my nerves were calmer than ever because no matter what, it could not go any worse than that. (laughs) But my absolute favorite memory comes before we even started filming. We were all waiting in Bruce Mackey Park, of all places. Can you believe it? Um, Actually, we were specifically waiting for Annie Clark, who spent 30 minutes waiting in the wrong location, but no big deal. (laughs) But we were all standing there, and Retro Kid is a clothing company that recently did a collab with Degrassi, putting out sweaters, jackets, pins, mugs, everything you can think of. Uh, And they gave us some shirts to wear for the shoot. So a few of us behind the scenes were matching, and we're standing on Degrassi Street, right? And this woman walks by with her dog, and she's like, 
oh my gosh, are you guys a Degrassi fan club? And we lose it. We're like, oh my gosh, yes, I guess we kind of are. And she's like, people come here from all over the world to see this street. It's so crazy. That show made it really popular. And we're laughing. We're loving it. We're like, yeah, we're just here to film a little video. We don't reveal too much about it. But before she walks off, Linda's like, thanks for letting us use your community. And the woman is like, no problem. We'd love to see it. Oh my God. It was so cute. And she'll like never have any idea that she had that conversation with the creator of Degrassi. Oh, it's incredible. Oh my God. And honestly, at every location we went to, we ran into Degrassi fans, which was so surreal for me. And Linda introduced me every single time, which I thought was so nice. She's like, this is Jocelyn. She's our Degrassi super fan from PEI. And every time I died, like every single sentence that was spoken on this trip, I was like, I cannot believe this is happening right now (laughs) for example when we filmed our fourth episode we went to the original production office for Degrassi it's just a building on Queen Street that Linda and Kit owned in the 70s and 80s like when they were making Degrassi Junior High and stuff but now like 30 years later it's still there but it's a clothing store called Good Neighbor and so we were filming outside of it and we were like maybe we should ask this business if they're okay with this like their logo is our main background like it's the center of attention so Ian Christensen our amazing publicist and an absolute charmer goes on in to talk to the owners And when he comes out, he comes out with this squad of Degrassi fans. We're just so excited that we're there. They can't wait to meet Annie. They can't wait to meet Linda and like just learn what we're doing. So it was so much fun. I was like, these are my people. These guys get it. (laughs) So in order of the web series, we went to the real Degrassi Street. We visited Bruce Mackey's house. Can you believe it? We went to the Degrassi grocery store, the original production office. And this week we're headed to Degrassi Junior High, which on camera went really, really well but behind the scenes we ran into some drama and almost never filmed there at all before i tell you what went wrong at degrassi junior high i want to say a big thank you to my newest supporters on patreon this is the most amount of signups i've ever seen at one time so a huge thank you to rebecca from the trail mix degrassi podcast i was actually just a guest over there recently so i'll link that episode in our description and a huge thank you to annabelle altmark holly j wonders susan duran Lindsay baker amber lazo samantha bethel and marie who goes by west bridge Lim. You guys have made a huge impact in my life, and I am one step closer to my lifelong dream of being a full-time Degrassi content creator. And a special thank you to the Facebook group called Hey Degrassi, Make This Reboot Count. They're doing amazing things to celebrate the return of our favorite show, including supporting content creators like me. So thank you to everyone, and I hope we all have fun playing some Degrassi trivia together. But for now, let's go back to why we almost said bye-bye to Degrassi Junior High. Remember how I said we visited all of our locations in advance to make sure it wasn't too loud or too bright or, you know, we we're actually allowed to film there? Well, that's not exactly the truth. <laughs> in real life, the set of Degrassi Junior High was almost an hour away from everything else we were filming. So we were trying to figure out, like, is it worth it to go all the way out there for this one location? And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know what? The last time I came to Toronto, I actually visited the school and it looked exactly the same. Like, it shouldn't be that hard to figure it out on the day of. And Melinda was like, oh, my gosh, as Degrassi's biggest fan, we trust your judgment. We think this is great. Love that. I was like, okay. at most online, I've seen some updates that like I think the gym is gone and there's like a fence around it. But everything else is still the exact same. And they love it when Degrassi fans come to visit. So that was settled. Degrassi Junior High was going to be probably the easiest place for us to film at with no problems at all and at most maybe there's a fence 
So it's now the day of filming. We make the long drive out there. And just a sidebar for a second, I'm driving out to this location in an Uber with Ian Christensen and Annie Clark. It was incredible. First of all, we don't have Uber where I'm from. So I was uber excited. And Annie made me feel so taken care of. There was a moment where like my seatbelt jammed up and I kind of gave up on it. And Annie reached over and was like, here, let's get that fixed for you. Oh my God. She probably doesn't even remember that, but I am like, this is permanently embedded in my brain cells. It's one of the top 10 moments of my life. Uh, There were so many times where she just did these like little tiny things that made me feel so loved and cherished. Like we went out to dinner together and when I was packing up my leftovers, she made sure my bread and my pasta didn't touch so like it wouldn't get soggy. And like, not a big deal. But to me, my brain exploded. I was like, Annie Claire cares about me so much. There was a point where she asked me, she was like, are you going to journal any of this or like write any of it down? And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm going to remember all of this forever. But anyway, we get out of the Uber, we're at Degrassi Junior High, Annie Clark is there, and it is a nightmare. I am not kidding you when I tell you it's like 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning and there's a rave happening. There's a DJ and bubbles and laser beams and everyone's dancing and the entire crowd is six years old. I can't even explain it. When you watch the video that Linda and I did for the web series, you will see that we're standing in front of Degrassi Junior High. There is a fence around the building, but it's very quiet. Like the front entrance has been completely paved over. There's a basketball court. So that's what you see on camera. Behind the scenes, imagine that space filled with children who are partying. (laughs) So we can't film here because one, it's way too loud. These kids are bumping it. Two, we also can't record children, so we couldn't just like grab a quick shot even if we wanted to. And all the space around Degrassi Junior High has been torn down and replaced with condos. Oh my God. So in the show, it's like this big school open space with a gym and soccer field, extra classrooms. But now it's basically just like the front steps. And in real life, it's a daycare now. So that's why there's these freaking six-year-olds bumping it outside. Um, So they explained to us that because they lost all of that space, that's why they had to fence in the front area and pave it so the kids could actually have a place to play outside, which is great. I am so glad these kids are having the time of their life. But in my mind, I'm like, I just told these Degrassi legends that this was going to be the easiest location we could ever film at. And now we're here. The building's torn down and there's a rave happening for six year olds. (laughs) Now, of course, no one else was thinking that. No one else was like, Jocelyn ruined this. I can't believe she lied to us. (laughs) Instead, we all just laughed it off, took it all in. And uh, Ian Christensen was on it immediately. And I think I've now Annie Clarked him where I just am going to end up saying his full name every time. It just happens. I can't help it. Uh, But if you need something done, Ian Christensen will make it happen. So right away, he found out who was in charge, discovered she was a Degrassi fan, and she was very nice and excited to help us. So we didn't stop the dance party or anything. They were grooving pretty hard. But she told us that uh, they'd be breaking for lunch in about 45 minutes so we could come back then. So we left, got a snack, chit-chatted, prepared for the scene, um, and we came back a couple minutes later. But the pressure was on to get our shots done because after their lunch break, they were coming right back to bump it and probably even louder than before. 
But you know what? By this point, we were so in the groove. Like me and Linda were vibing. So I was feeling no stress and I knew we'd be absolutely fine. Uh, And the administrator actually told us the story of why Degrassi Junior High looks so different now and why it changed so quickly. She said that they actually wanted to bulldoze the entire school and put up condos. But there was a group of people who protested against it and were like, no, this is an iconic location and you need to keep it. She said, take the gym, take the soccer field, but you can't touch the school. Uh, And she said that she actively wanted to work at this specific location because of how much she loved Degrassi growing up. So that was incredible. Like, it's one thing to meet a Degrassi fan and talk about why it's so important to us. But watching a fan get to tell our story to Linda Schuyler is a whole different experience. I'm going to get emotional just thinking about it. Like, I get what it's like to meet Linda. And it's amazing. And I'm so happy that I got to watch other people have that experience. And I also don't think Linda fully understands how many Degrassi fans are still out there. Like, I'm like, I wouldn't even have an online platform if there wasn't a million of you still loving the show. So to watch someone be like, yeah, this thing that you made means so much to me that I had to try and do everything I could to save it was so nice to see. Oh, my heart. Heart. I have to stop thinking about it. Uh, and you can still go visit today. Every place we went to is fully accessible because, I mean, Degrassi used real locations to film their show. So you can't always go in or, or anything, but you can at least stop by and grab a pic. So I recommend you check the places out. Uh, and if you watch the web series, you know that the next place we're going to is the clinic where Spike got her pregnancy test results. So I'm not going to spoil anything else after that. But uh, at most, I'll tell you that we did go visit the set of The Next Generation and Next Class. We got to see what it looks like today. So we'll find out if the dot is still there. We'll see what the front steps look like. And Linda even tells me some Degrassi facts that I had never heard before. But for now, let me tell you what it was like to go inside Linda Schuyler's house. Picture this. You and your good old pal, Annie Clark, are making your way to visit your dear friend, Linda. You ride up the elevator, open the front door, and at the end of a very long hallway, you see a brightly colored surfboard mounted on the wall. Right away, you know what it is. In the early 2000s, Degrassi was the very first show to ever win Choice Summer TV Series at the Teen Choice Awards. And they're known for giving out giant surfboards. And here you are, standing in front of it, as Annie Clark says, we have to get a picture. Oh, just thinking about this moment feels so surreal. We had just finished our first day of filming, visiting nine out of our 10 Degrassi locations. And tomorrow we'd quickly run to grab our last shot. Here I was with Melinda Downey, Ian Christensen, Annie Clark, and Linda Schuyler as we gathered around to just take a break, eat Chinese food, and talk about life. And much to my surprise, Stephen Stone walked in wearing a Degrassi baseball cap, eager to hear about our day of filming. I don't know if I can walk you through what this experience was really like, how it felt to be so trusted and welcomed and invited into the lives of these people who all worked together to make my favorite thing. But if you really want to hear about it, I'll tell you two of my favorite memories. The first was right after Annie Clark and I were taken aback by the huge and colorful surfboard. We snapped our photos and then we sat down to take it all in. All day we had been go, 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 go. And now we just got to sit back, relax, as our world finally started to slow down. In front of us were these huge windows that spanned floor to ceiling. As clear as day, you could see the ocean, filled with water taxis and sailboats and paddleboards. The city was beaming with life. And just across the ways, you got a clear view of Toronto's Yacht Club. I couldn't believe how much time had passed since just yesterday when Linda Schuyler pulled out the head chair and said, we saved this for you. Now she was in her kitchen, pouring a glass of wine for me and Annie Clark. 
She walked out, handed us both of our glasses, and said, To my Degrassi kids. Oh, my heart. The next moment happened just a few hours later, after dinner. Stephen Stone had gotten up to say that he was leaving for the night. I took this as a sign to say goodbye, grab a hug, and say my endless thank yous of gratitude. What I didn't realize is that this was the signal to bring out my surprise. What is going to happen right now? Something for you. We're not entirely sure how you're going to pack it. What? <laughs> this doesn't even make sense. This is mine. That's yours. I keep this. Thank you. It's oh my room. god. Oh my god. You're <laughs> the best. <laughs> Now, I won't tell you what it is. You'll have to follow along on social media for that. But I will tell you I bawled like a baby. Here I was in Linda Schuyler's house with Melinda Downey, who spent her entire time making sure I was taken care of, with Ian Christensen, who made sure every moment was filled with magic and wonder, Stephen Stone, who was eager to hear my stories and tell his own right back, Annie Clark, who has believed in me from the very beginning, and Linda Schuyler, the co-creator of Degrassi and my personal hero. And of course, a special shout out to JD for making me look like a rock star on camera. All of these people who I've looked up to for so long made me feel encouraged to just be myself. From the very first moment, I felt like I was part of a team. I was encouraged to ask questions, share ideas, get involved, and really bring the Degrassi Kid charm to this little project. I can't tell you how many times I was thanked and celebrated for all the hard work I put in just by being myself. Just now, a few minutes ago, Melinda Downey texted me and said, thank you for making our little series sing. We all know that I have something called BPD, or Borderline Personality Disorder, which basically means everything makes me nervous, everything makes me scared, and I'm constantly thinking to myself, I can't do this. But this, this was the very first time I had ever done something and thought, if anyone can do this, it's me. Sure, I was feeling a little starstruck, and I was very nervous to be around Annie Clark, but you want me to come to Degrassi Street and talk to Linda Schuyler about the history and impact of my favorite show? Absolutely, I can do that. In any other situation, I would have been far too in my head worrying, what if I make a mistake? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I look stupid? Especially because we didn't have a script. Together, we all sat down to prepare an outline that said where we're going, why it's so important, and a general idea of the iconic episodes that were filmed there. But overall, we'd just pull up to a place like Degrassi High, JD would get the camera ready, Melinda would give us a few notes, Annie would confirm we were all ready to go, and Ian Christensen would call action. And then I'd turn to Linda Schuyler and start a conversation. I did that 10 different times in one day, and not one moment that I think, I can't do this. There is something that just feels so good about trusting yourself and knowing this is what you're good at. This is what you were meant to do. An even crazier feeling to know that it's all just the beginning. After we finished filming, I still had to go to dinner with Sam and Annie Clark. JD had to get started on editing. The social media accounts weren't even made. The trailers still had to go up. And even now, the series is still coming out every Tuesday and Thursday on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. This whole thing is far from over. Twice a week, you get to watch me visit a Degrassi location with Linda Schuyler and talk about why the show is still so important for fans around the world. And there's still a lot of stories that I haven't told yet. What it was like to visit Degrassi High, how it felt to see the next generation, and what it looks like today, or all the things in my suitcase that I got signed by Linda Schuyler. But if there's one story I want to leave you with, it's the story of what it was like to talk with Linda about why Degrassi just means so much to me. 
But first, before I give you my final tale, I want to say a quick thank you to my supporters on Patreon. At the time of this recording, there are 48 of you who support my podcast, and I can't believe it. When Annie Clark asked why I didn't have a Degrassi podcast, I said, because I don't think anyone will listen. And here are 48 of you who go above and beyond every single month. The goal of Patreon is to help your favorite content creators, like me, feel supported as we create your favorite content, giving you extra perks for being such a big fan. For example, the starting tier on my Patreon is $3 a month. Anyone who signs up gets a thank you on the podcast, a follow back on social media, and the joy of knowing you're making my dreams come true. With each new tier, you get even more. The $5 tier gets all of that, plus you get to hear a brand new episode before everybody else, and you get to participate in the bonus episode at the very end of the season, where I do an exclusive Q&A just for you guys. If you go over right now and leave me a comment, I'll say your name, read your question, and gush over how much I love you. That Q&A episode will be uploaded exclusively to Patreon on October 28th. But for now, let me say thank you to everyone who subscribed as an Ultimate Degrassi fan or higher, because they get a shout out every single week. Those thank yous go out to Teal, Steve, Sierra, Shelby, SB, Sam, Riley, Rebecca, Rachel, Owen, Najama, Kimberly, Kat, Evie, Dave, Chrissy, Annie M, and Annie Clark, and our extra special patrons, Randy, Georgia, Brittany B, Alyssa, Sarah J, Max, and my best friend, Stevie. Your love this season has been astounding. Thank you. I can't believe so many of you believe in me. So now let's hear my final story about what it was like to talk about my love for Degrassi with the co-creator herself. What's your favorite episode of Degrassi? You guys have heard my answer to this question a million times. In high school, I felt like an outcast. I struggled with relationships. I had confusing feelings with my female best friends. And overall, I just felt like I was different than everyone else. I couldn't understand why dating and relationships came so much easier to everyone else but me. Why couldn't I just be normal? When I watched Fiona, who was going through all of those same feelings, it felt like I was watching my life play out on screen week to week, until the end of season 10, when it all builds up to the scene where she comes out of the closet and says, I'm in love with her, and she's a girl. From that moment, I no longer felt like I was watching my life play out as it happened. This time, I was watching what happened next. Degrassi showed me what it means to accept yourself for who you are, what it's like to come out of the closet, and most importantly, how it's not a big deal. After that episode, I came out to everyone around me, my friends, my family, and the hardest person I had to face. I came out to myself. After that, I got to meet Annie Clark. I got a tattoo of the quote that meant so much to me, and all in all, I was welcomed and embraced by the Degrassi community online. If you've been watching our web series for The Mother of All Degrassi, you know that Linda Schuyler had a gay best friend in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. His name was Bruce Mackey, and when Linda needed help making a short film called Ida Makes a Movie, Bruce offered up his home as a filming location, and he just so happened to live on Degrassi Street. And now here I was, standing in front of his home and answering Linda's question. My favorite episode of Degrassi is Chasing Pavements Part 2, the one where Fiona comes out of the closet. Degrassi is the show that taught me, if you're going to be anybody, you should be yourself. And Annie Clark is the one who was right there to say, see, you're wonderful just the way you are. But Linda Schuyler is the reason all of that could happen. And in her book, she details why queer storytelling has always been so important to Degrassi. After her queer, queer best friend, Bruce Mackey, spent his life as a public educator with a passion for helping his community and as a private gay man who never got to know the wonderful feeling of what it's like to be celebrated exactly who you are. Because of Bruce, queer kids all over the world got to see our stories play out on screen. 
And that's why it meant so much to me when Linda Schuyler, when Linda Schuyler sent me this heartfelt message day after I arrived back in PEI. I don't even know if I can read it. <laughs> Jocelyn, you are the embodiment of every young person I wanted to reach. I can only think that Bruce, hanging out in the nebulous land of the afterlife, must have been smiling broadly. And me, I'm pinching myself that after almost 40 years, I'm connecting with such an amazing young person. Thank you for your enthusiasm and your courage to tell your story in front of others. Thank you for being a fan, and thank you for being so generous with your time, both with us and with your podcast audience. You are truly beautiful just the way you are. Standing there with you on Degrassi Street, surrounded by my amazing team, made me realize what a blessed producer I am. See you at the book launch in November. Love, Linda. Remember when I said this is just the beginning? Well, next month, I get to go back to Toronto and visit Linda Schuyler's house all over again, where I'll get to hang out with Degrassi stars, see the surfboard, and celebrate Linda's amazing accomplishments of writing a book, raising money for the kids' help phone, and telling an empowering story of what it's like to be a woman in film. When everyone around you says you can't do this, and how every time the only response should be, just watch me. The Mother of All Degrassi comes out November 15th, and you should pre-order it today. Because if Linda Schuyler understands anything, it's that storytelling has the power to change lives. And that's the story of how Stephen Stone, Annie Clark, Ian Christensen, J.D. Shippel, Melinda Downey, Linda Schuyler, and Bruce Mackey changed mine. Thanks, guys. Whatever it takes I know I can make it through And if I hold out I know I can make it through I know I, I know I can make it through